Welcome to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formicella. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to learn from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical, sexy new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Hi, everyone. I am so glad that you are here today. And as always, if you pushed play because you are hurting from a breakup, I'm so sorry. And I am thinking of you with this episode. Most of us want to move on from a painful experience, right? Especially when it involves other people. A lot of us feel stuck because of our breakups or our falling outs with people. And why is that? Dwelling on the past is stressful, it is distracting, and it prevents us from having like truly intimate relationships with others. If we are focused on what went wrong with people from our past, it's really hard to see what's going right, right in front of us. Not moving on causes some people to sink into depression. And I'm not sure if you've heard this before. I'm sure I've said it on the show, but something that really resonated with me a while back when I heard it is that depression is often caused because of a preoccupation with the past, whereas anxiety is caused by a preoccupation with the future. Let that kind of sink in. When I heard this, it was a big like aha moment for me. And it really has helped me to tackle both issues. I have struggled with depression and anxiety for a large part of my life. And when I started to think of it in those terms, I don't know, I kind of felt like I had more control over both things. Not moving on can cause otherwise really lovely moments with people to be altered or even completely ruined. You know, like, let's be honest. And I have done it myself. I had a very painful experience with some family members late last year. I won't go into the details. It took me a long time to feel that I was over it, or at least a long time in Janice land (laughs) as someone who really addresses things like this head on. And I guess in some ways I'm still working on it. And that's something that we're going to talk about later is how, like, do you still think about things, even if you've quote unquote moved on? So this happened in November and in January, the situation came up when I was at a really special dinner with a bunch of friends 
most of whom didn't really know that I had gone through this because it's something I don't like to talk about. Of course, it came up and I completely had to leave the room because of how overwhelmed I was. And while I gave myself a lot of grace and compassion, I had actually robbed myself of the moment because I still had it in my system. There was another time this year that I was at dinner with some other friends and something came up about a falling out that someone else had had with actually a flatmate over a year ago, over a year ago. And the exact same thing happened. She was so overcome that she actually started crying at the table and yeah, the dinner and the mood was altered. And I really wanted to help her. It was someone I didn't know very well. And I definitely wanted to, you know, offer her coaching or support of some kind, because my heart just went out to her and the pain that she was still feeling from treated so unfairly by someone, but also so long ago. After a breakup, A lot of us want to move on so that we can stop thinking about our ex. Some thoughts are very painful. And a lot of the people who are close to us might tell us to just move on. And that is because it's hard to watch someone they love hurting. And this is partially why I became a breakup coach is because I had people tell me that. And not only did I not know what moving on meant, just wasn't helpful to have someone be so dismissive when I was in so much pain. It's really hard to accomplish something that's abstract. Moving on is abstract. A lot of people ask me what it actually looks like. In fact, whenever I do group coaching, it comes up. It's something I've gotten very used to answering, but I've never done 30 or 40 minutes on the topic. Today, I'm going to talk about some of my go-to responses, but with some other benchmarks that everyone can use to motivate themselves to continue to put in the work or just find pride in the fact that you've accomplished some of these things or that you're about to. I really want this episode to get in your head. I want you to take notes. I want it to sink in. And of course, if you'd like personal, very personal, very intimate support moving on, you can always contact me at breakuppod.com or using the info in the show notes. Merriam-Webster defines move on as to go to a different place, subject, activity, etc. When it comes to a breakup, I see this as moving on from having your ex take up a lot of space in your day and from having a hard time seeing the future without them to a place of picturing goals and a bright future that doesn't involve them at all. One of the first stages to getting to this point is getting to a place of acceptance. I talk about acceptance a lot. It is a very powerful place to be in. Acceptance happens after we go through a few other stages in the grieving process. So if you're not there yet, go easy on yourself. I have developed my own theory of the stages of grief as they apply to breakups. They are as follows. First, devastation. 
This is the initial shock of losing someone. Second, denial. This is what a lot of people go through when they start to maybe focus on getting their ex back. They are hoping that maybe it will work out. They are engaging with their ex with subconscious motivations, such as somehow tempting them to come back. They might be looking at their ex's social media and otherwise allowing them ongoing presence in their life. This is why I have such an issue with some so-called breakup coaching, because it's all about trying to get your ex back, trying to manipulate your ex into coming back to you. This keeps a person stuck in the denial stage and completely unable to move on. The third stage in the breakup grieving process, according to me, is realization. And this is when it really starts to set in that this chapter of your life is coming to an end. After that, a lot of people experience anger, and that is okay. You experience anger when you realize and when you reflect on the poor parts of the relationship or how the breakup went down. And for those of you who had amicable, lovely breakups with people who you're still in touch with, mazel tov. But the people listening to this show do often not have that experience. So a little anger is good. And finally, acceptance. And that means acceptance that you are better off. So have you allowed yourself to go through all of these stages? If not, I totally give you permission to embrace whatever stage you feel resonates with you the most where you are now. And that's fine. Stay there, embrace it, work through it. Eventually, you'll get to acceptance. But if you haven't gone through the other phases, acceptance might not really stick. You know, a lot of people say, which is true, healing isn't linear. I do think that you can get to a point where you are healed and where you do feel acceptance, but it comes because we've worked through these other stages. If you haven't, you might feel acceptance for a little while and then shoot all the way back to denial or devastation. So let's talk more about acceptance. It is such a powerful foundation for fully moving on. For me, as someone who's gone through this multiple times and guided and supported a lot of people through it, feeling that you have accepted your breakup means knowing that it had to happen, accepting that you will be better off, not trying to get them back or hoping they will come back, and picturing a future without them. If you can be super intentional about getting to this point, you will start to notice that you are moving on more and more each day. And again, I know that that might sound great, but this episode is about what it looks like day to day. Let's dive into this. On a day-to-day basis, I believe that moving on looks like First of all, one of my most practical benchmarks is that you're not talking about them as much. This comes up in these episodes all of the time, but I see people doing it. And I want you to know that it's a habit that we get into. And that's why I mention it a lot, because the more you hear it, the more intentional you might be about stopping it. After a breakup, the relationship and the traumatic event 
that has just occurred, which is the breakup, is really close to the surface. We can almost like feel it bubbling in our chest, some of us. It takes up a lot of space in our minds. (laughs) So it's perfectly natural that we talk about it and that it also feels as though it just like naturally comes up in conversations. I mean, anything traumatic or major in your life is going to come up when you're with your friends and family. And also, I feel like we really want to be validated, especially by our friends and the people around us when we go through a breakup. This may be even more significant if our friends and family knew our ex. We may really be craving, you know, people telling us like, oh, yeah, they weren't good enough for you or yeah, you're better off or you're totally right. (laughs) my friend Christine would tell people that my ex didn't deserve me. And while it's definitely not something that I want her to say now at the time, I mean, I have to admit it felt good, right? I would say that this stage when you're talking about it a lot and when you're looking for the validation, that would probably be more likely to be a compulsion during like the devastation or the anger phases. So when we're starting to move on, we will find that the breakup is less in our head. And that is because we have done a lot of processing, hopefully. And we don't need as many reinforcements. And also it's just simply not coming up as much. I went through a breakup recently and because this is just like what I do day in and day out, I kind of gave myself a bit of a time frame as far as how long I would allow myself to talk about it. And during that time frame, when I would go out with my friends, I admit that I, I I did talk about it (laughs) and it was, it was healing and it was great. But after the time was up, which I think I gave myself about a month I then had two friends who I spoke to about it, two friends who knew my ex, two friends who know me very well, Kelsey and Christine, huge shout out to both of you. And then eventually I pretty much stopped talking with even them about it. So I phased out and it was really when I was hanging out with both of them regularly or talking with them regularly and uh, my ex didn't come up. I I knew that I had moved on and it felt amazing to get it out of my system and it will feel amazing to you too. Number two, you will know that you have started at least to move on if you're not ruminating on regret. Relationships are so complex and therefore breakups are so complex and they also take two people. And because relationships start out so wonderfully and the feelings are something that we want to get back, it is so easy to slide into regret when it all falls apart and to blame ourselves. I am someone who thinks that regret can actually serve a purpose in life and in personal growth and that in some cases there is a place for it. I know a lot of people say have no regrets, but I feel regret is another way of accepting and being honest with ourselves that we would have done things differently. So I say, let it in and learn from it. It's a powerful chance to 
reflect on our breakups, learn from our relationships, reflect on the type of partner we want to be in the future. And (laughs) there is also a bit of like an expiration date on how long this can be useful rather than self-destructive. Please remember that you cannot change the past. Please remember that the lessons you learn from your breakup are to guide us, to guide you in the future. They are not there to improve a relationship that has ended. When you stop dwelling on regret and instead become grateful for the lessons you have learned, you've probably reached an important benchmark on the moving on journey. Number three, you may know that you've moved on if you're not feeling angry or quote unquote triggered when you think about the breakup or your ex or the relationship. This is important. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the episode. And that is you deserve to enjoy the moment. You deserve to enjoy every moment in life and to let the joy grow When you feel easily triggered by memories of your ex, it's very hard to be in the moment. It's very hard to let the joy in your life expand. And it's normal and it's natural. And I hope you give yourself so much grace and compassion if you're listening to me right now and feeling like, oh shit, I'm still being triggered (laughs) you know, your ex is coming up or something that reminds you of your ex is coming up and it just like, boom, affects you. That's fine. It's normal. It's one stage of the journey. I also hope that you will use each triggering experience as a chance to learn so that you can work through them. These don't have to control our lives, but they are also our responsibility and no one else's. And as someone who is a survivor of domestic violence and some other traumatic things in my past, I will admit that there are some things that we may always be occasionally triggered by. And because of this, I know that there are some things that I have to work really hard on to not get worked up when they come up or when I feel triggered by them. And it's not 100% of the time that I do, but I would say it's a lot of the time. And when it comes to my exes, almost all of the time, (laughs) you can do it too. Please go easy on yourself. A lot of what I am talking about in this episode kind of feeds into each other and helps us to be triggered less. And this is definitely something that will come with time, with intention, and when these other things have happened. Another way that you will know that you have moved on or that you're making good progress and moving on is that you're not allowing your ex into your phone. And by that, I mean social media, photos, old text messages, and other ways that you actually go out of your way to (laughs) symbolically give your ex a seat at the dinner table. When you cease to have contact or cease to at least have intimate contact with an ex, 
The little hits that we receive from these things, such as social media and looking at their photos, are actually pretty effective in holding us over and convincing our system that we're still connected with the person. This may be a comforting or natural thing to do in the beginning, but when it comes to moving on, it's an indication that you aren't there yet. Think about this. What would you rather be doing? Focusing on self-care at the end of the day or checking your ex's Instagram? Would you rather be going on a walk with a friend or wondering what your ex is up to? Would you rather be meeting a group of buddies for happy hour or taking yourself out for happy hour or reading through old texts when you get home from work? Would you rather be dating someone new and having a fun time no matter what happens, whether or not it goes well? Or would you rather be thinking of your ex in the back of your mind and totally sabotaging things? When we invite our ex into our lives by way of the very focused effort that it takes to get out our phone and engage energetically with them, it prevents us from appreciating the connections we are having with other people. It prevents us from enjoying what is in front of us and giving ourselves the love and attention we need. In my book and in my philosophy as a coach, the no contact rule includes any space that your ex has on your phone, including pictures, texts, and social media. It may take baby steps and small goals that you make maybe one time a week, week after week. But the more you can create space with this person, and the less contact you have with them, the more you will move on. <laughs> One more sign that you have moved on is that you are able to think about your future without this person and you are excited about it. The future can feel like an empty abyss after a breakup. And why wouldn't it? I have been there. A relationship and making decisions based around the unit is a huge part of a person's future. I have planned my life around multiple people and felt really disoriented when things didn't turn out the way I felt they would or I expected they would. And to be honest, this is one reason that I love the solo movement and I love basing my future plans primarily around my own desires, a lot of things have fallen into place for me once I've started living that way. There's a period of time after a breakup that you will likely find it really hard to see into the future. This is okay. It doesn't mean that you need to get the relationship back or that options aren't there. Just because you can't see the options doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means that you're getting used to a new set of options. Go as slow as you need during this phase. You don't need to make a vision board tonight. <laughs> Let the vision materialize. Getting to this point is a big part of what I work with people on. And it is a cool process to watch. Um, especially with my three-month clients, the transformation is something that everyone makes 
And it's a beautiful thing and it's a powerful thing. And I work with people who are, are crying for their first couple of sessions and who are thriving in their new reality by the time we're done working together. But you get to the point uh, with a huge amount of acceptance and a lot of intention. And it's different for everyone. You know, some people have moments where they kind of realize it's happening, like, oh my God, I'm feeling better and I'm excited about things. And they realize that the future is unfolding and their ex is in what I like to call the rearview mirror. <laughs> Other people might just completely journal the hell out of things, rewire themselves, do more intentional legwork to get there. It's different for everyone. But the end result is the same. When you are able to see your future without the person, you will have turned a huge corner with moving on. How is all of that feeling? Hmm? I'm going to take a quick commercial break, let all of that set in. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about dating again and whether or not moving on means you no longer think about the person. Nothing shatters your life like a breakup. And the feeling of a broken heart is real. I know that it seems impossible right now, but there is hope and there are ways to heal. I would love to work with you one-on-one -on -one to heal your broken heart and put your breakup behind you. My personalized coaching programs are designed to pinpoint what will be most effective in helping you to move forward and make this breakup a part of your past. I believe in you. Message me at breakupspodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at breakupspodcast. And let's connect about creating a magical plan of action to get this breakup in your rear view mirror. Welcome back, everyone. There are a couple of common questions that I get about moving on. Like I said before the break, one is about dating again, and one is about thinking about the person. Let's talk about it. What about dating again? Everybody gets to a point where they want to date again in a completely different point of their healing journey. Some of my clients love being single so much that they completely put it off for quite a while. Uh, that's certainly probably my process. I think my life is amazing. And yeah, I don't know. It's not like the biggest priority in my life, especially after a breakup. Some people, especially divorcees, are so ready to get out there. And some people work with me really closely to discover what they want and then get out there and have an amazing experience. It's different for everyone. Getting under someone does not necessarily mean that you will get over them, not at all. That being said, if you do decide to date after your breakup, you will know that you're doing it from a place of moving on with a few benchmarks. First of all, you will be dating from a place of having moved on if you're not using dating as a Band-Aid. This means not convincing yourself that it will help you feel better. No, no. And this means not using it as some sort of magical cure for the loneliness that you might be feeling right now. It means being excited and hopeful 
about dating. It means just looking forward to meeting new people. It means having faith that something's going to come out of it and that you'll either find a match or just have fun. And it means having a great attitude about dating no matter what. I mean, even if you have a bad day, you can laugh it off, right? (laughs) Dating from a place of having moved on absolutely means not going on dates or chatting with people and comparing them to your ex. Nothing good can come of this. And it means you have a strong attachment to the good days of your last relationship. And also no one who you're dating wants that. (laughs) That's really not fair to the other person. Another sign that you have moved on to the point that you may want to date again is that you have healed enough and have done the work to explore what you want out of dating and or what you need and desire out of your next relationship. Because I really want to be clear, I don't always think that dating is for the purpose of finding a relationship. I think that casual dating is totally fine. I think that the solo lifestyle is a a valid one. I think that the polyamorous lifestyle is perfectly valid and that there's other reasons to date other than getting married. (laughs) But if you really desire an exclusive partnership, what do you want out of it? And not only that, but what do you bring to the table? This is a sign that you've really done a lot of processing, that you've started to think about your future, and most importantly, perhaps, that your ex isn't in the equation. Yay! Another sign that you are dating from a place of moving on is that you're able to date... And be okay if it doesn't go your way or if it doesn't go as expected. And that's another topic. Try and have as few expectations as possible. (laughs) That's definitely a winning solution. And that is, I mean, first dates are not like the amazing full of fireworks experiences that we see in the movies. Nor should they be, really. That's not what happens when you first meet someone. Oftentimes, when people aren't over their breakups, though, they get really fucking discouraged when faced with this reality. And then they go home uh, and they focus so hardcore on how supposedly (laughs) better it was with their ex. And they just toss the entire world of wonderful, eligible singles out the window. And... I totally get how this can happen. I witness it all the time. And I also totally get that if the first thing that comes to mind when something doesn't go well is how much better things were with the person who caused you pain would be, (laughs) you might have more moving on work to do. That is totally fine. You are allowed to get to this point. This doesn't happen overnight. We all heal at our own pace. Sometimes we think that we are ready to date again when we could use more time. Let yourself take the time. And please remember, being single is really fucking cool. Enjoy it while you can. Last and not least, does moving on mean that you won't think about your ex anymore? Hmm. This is such a great question. And for people who are in 
regular daily pain because their minds are filled with their ex. I understand why you'd really want to know, is this going to last forever? (laughs) First, believe me when I say that the pain you are feeling right now is temporary. Our hearts heal. While your ex may never be something that never comes into your mind, it won't always be like this. When it comes to thinking about your ex, here are some things to keep in mind and some ways to know that you may have turned a corner with your healing. Yes, I'm being totally honest. I am real on this show. Your ex may pop into your mind here and there. I was divorced 12 years ago. He's there occasionally. I mean, come on. I was married. (laughs) But for me, when he comes into my mind, it's because of memories. It's not because I am wondering, and it's not because you will be wondering what your ex is up to. And you will know that you have moved on or started to move on when it comes to your mind, but you're not filled with the sadness and the depression that you might be today. It's just a thought. I promise you that is all, I think, all of my exes are in my mind, a thought, a memory, very little emotion attached to it. And you may think of them, but it won't be about the misled belief that you may currently have that life would have been better had you stayed together. Like me, you may even laugh at the fact that it lasted so long or simply, you know, shake your head and smile and just know that it wasn't meant to be. I was in love with some of my exes and still know that I'm going to be fine. And that, I don't know, which is someone I used to know, right? (laughs) To recap, some signs that you may have moved on include, first, not talking about them as much. Second, not ruminating on regret. Third, not feeling angry or triggered when you think about your ex not looking at their social media or not allowing them to have space in your phone. And when you are able to think about your future without them and are excited about it. It also means if you do start dating again, that you'll be doing it from a place of excitement and curiosity. And when you think of them, it won't lead you into the tailspin. I know that this is a lot to wrap your head around if you have turned on this episode because you feel far from moving on. (laughs) Please just take it day by day, one goal at a time. The tiniest bit of commitment can lead to the largest amount of growth you have ever had in your life. I know you can do it. If you want extra support, I am thrilled to mention that I am now a teacher on Insight Timer. This is something I've wanted for a long time. I am there. I am loving it. I have multiple tracks available from no contact affirmations to tracks for hard days and more. Please download Insight Timer now. Follow me and start kicking this breakup in the butt. If there is a type of recording you'd like me to do, message me on Insight Timer. And you know what? I will most likely do it. (laughs) And I'll be waiting to hear from you about connecting over a little bit of breakup coaching. 
And with that, I am sending you so much strength for the week ahead, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On with Janice Formichella. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message on Instagram at breakupspodcast or email me at breakupspodcast at gmail.com and I will be in touch to get you started. Remember, if you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.